hosted by Jaren Wilson. And today we're going to start off our what if series with a uh, what if number one, LaMelo the Warrior. And so uh, you guys can probably guess this what if is about what if LaMelo Ball was drafted to the Warriors instead of the Hornets. As in reality, the Warriors drafted James Wise at number two and the Hornets then drafted LaMelo three. But what if it flip-flopped and the Hornets picked, or excuse me, the Warriors picked LaMelo first when Wiseman had gone to the Hornets and how would that shake up, shake up everything in general? So um, yeah, I guess we just kind of start off and free ball it, riff it. So what if, let me ask you this first question. What if the Warriors drafted LaMelo? How does that change the Warriors? Well, the Warriors would, they, they at this point might be the most fun team in NBA history or one of the most fun teams in NBA history based on how they already perform. So, yeah, like, just having a dude like LaMelo, like just tonight against the Heat, for example, he just did some crazy dime passes and stuff like that. And, like, it, just showing, like, this, it's it's been his whole career of just, like, having fun and making the game fun kind of like Magic Johnson did in his heyday, uh, Rondo and Rubio and other great passers that we've, you know, seen in the NBA. Yeah, it was a it was a, a draft where a lot of talented players were taken. Some, some players got a lot more shine than others, and uh, a lot, there were a lot of, like, really uh, sleeper talents in this draft, like, Desmond Bain was drafted 30th and traded to the Grizzlies. Boston made that trade, by the way. Very yes. painful. Very yep. painful. That's painful. Emmanuel quickly got traded to the Knicks from the Thunder. Uh, the uh, Peyton Pritchard, Tyrese Maxey was taken 21, which in hindsight, if if this draft, you know, if people had known what they know now, that kind of thing, he might have been a top 10. He would, in fact, he would definitely be a top 10 pick. And of course, of course, your guy Tyrese Halliburton was taken much later in this draft. So, yeah, that's 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 kind of how I feel about it. The, the the Warriors would be one of the most fun teams in NBA history, and his play style is it fits perfectly because the Warriors kind of play plug and play basketball offensively, and I mean defensively, they just do what they're supposed to do. They keep it simple. Draymond anchors everything and they they keep you and they keep everything in front of them. Um and they 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 fight and, and hustle. And he did he would have fit in perfectly with that. He's not the most gifted defender, but offensively it would have been a show. And he, you know, him and Draymond would have made life so much easier for everybody else. My only question mark about if that were to have taken place. Where would Jordan Poole and those guys fit in, and 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 how how would that have impacted them? And ultimately, would they have shipped? Like I feel like they might ship off a Jordan Poole. You know what I mean? Somebody like that because Lamelo is so, is so special. Right. Also, would you move Steph to the two? Because I feel like Lamelo is that good where he could move Steph to the two, and Clay play the three. Right. Yeah, that's one of the questions. You brought up some of the questions I had, like, about the what-if thing. 
Because, like, that's just kind of you got into it a bit with the Draymond and LaMelo Ball helping staff. Like, adding another playmaker, as you can see, is so, so crucial to that team. Because when Draymond was out, the offense was just super mid because it was literally just Steph. And Jordan Poole, to a degree, he started definitely started picking up more once Steph got hurt. But before that, it was just, this, you know, Steph was creating for everybody else and everyone else kind of trying to fit in. To answer your question about moving Steph to the two, I mean, he basically is, for all intents and purposes, Draymond Green has been the team's primary initiator of, you know, passing and making plays for all intents and purposes. Steph brings the ball up and then Draymond kind of runs the half-court offense. So Draymond realistically is the point guard. If you like, you look at just purely who's making plays. So Steph already is playing a two guard role offensively, essentially. But he just terms of like talking about starting lineup. Yeah, I guess. Cause then LaMelo could bring the ball up and initiate offense just the entire way. And I think it would honestly would help the, it would help Steph a lot. Just save his energy, less likely to, uh, you know, get miles on his legs. You no, know, he's getting up there in age. I think he'd just be super get back to being super efficient if they had another playmaker because you know the Warriors offense when they first when things first start popping off of course you know he was they're killing everybody because no one was ready for it but people or teams are starting to acclimate getting adjusted and now you see like when one person's out the whole thing just blown to shit like they were very average without Draymond and they're very bad right now without stuff <laughs> so it's just like adding another playmaker definitely would be very interesting and I guess that would, like you said, put Clay at the three. And I guess at that point, is Wiggins just a six man? Or would they have kept Clay on the bench longer than they did? Because Clay, Clay did start off on the bench for like three games or something like that. And they just moved him back to the starting five. But they had LaMelo. I don't, I don't imagine LaMelo going to the Warriors and not being good. I think he very much still would have been good. Like he just, he's a talented player. He's, he'll, he'll fit in wherever he goes at that point. But I don't know. I just wonder if they keep playing on the bench a little longer to, to bide their time and figure out what they really want to do. Or if uh, Wiggins goes to the bench, I don't think they would get rid of Wiggins. I think they keep him still. I think they would get rid of Poole. And that would be very interesting. Jordan Poole never got a chance to be, you know, to be Jordan Poole. He'd just be another, another guy. But yeah, just very interesting. Another thing I was thinking about too is like if they didn't draft Wiseman, would they fill up the backup center role? Because they have Wiseman, and they don't have the Wiseman's on the team, but he's not playing. So I just wonder, would they have drafted um, someone else in this draft that just passed in the 2021 draft? Or would they have drafted like Akai Jones or Isaiah Jackson with the? I think Lamelo's on the team. They would have made the playoffs when they lost the Grizzlies, and that would move down their draft pick. And I think I wonder if they would have drafted another big man, or if they would have or what direction they would have went, because there would be no Moody, which is interesting. Yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. For me, uh, what they would what they would have done, like, I mean, I guess in hindsight, knowing what they know now, I feel like they would have taken, they would have taken either LaMelo, Tyrese Halliburton, Tyrese Maxey, or Desmond Bain, because I feel like those would have been the best fits. And to be honest with you, uh, with Wiggins, I feel like they would just play a small five. I feel like you could have Wiggins at the four and have Draymond at the five. The thing is, they play they play small now. Like Violita is no, he's not he's he's a big man by name, but 
he's not really a big man. Like, you know, they don't really play bigs like that. Like, they haven't really played bigs since their championship runs. Like, JaVale McGee, he got in in key minutes, but he wasn't, like, he wasn't somebody that was playing the whole game. And we've seen it before, and we see it, we see it often. Like Robert Williams is six eight, and he's one of the best centers in the league. Bam Adebayo is like what six nine, six eight, and he's one of the best centers in the league. Draymond Green would fit in just fine as center, and offensively, they would kill people on the break. Lamelo, Steph, Clay, Dre, and Wiggins, yeah, that would be nuts. So right. honestly, those that's one of the, that's 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 a kind of starting five that could have been so good they would have been like that Hawks team that had their whole start five in an all-star game because they could space the floor and do all that kind of stuff. But I mean, also you got to think about it this way too, with like Clay Thompson wouldn't have, wouldn't have been in the picture until now. So you really wouldn't have to work. So like technically you wouldn't really even have to worry about Clay until, cause like they would have had a whole year without Clay anyway. You know what I mean? So it would have it, was, it still works out perfectly. I just know like like you're saying like they do play small anyway, but they typically do start they play the regular season with Kavon Looney. He's been their guy for years now. He Thank starts you. every game in the regular season. And in the playoffs, they very rarely will they start their small ball lineup unless they feel like they need they need to like switch gears. So like I think Looney, even though he like like you said the playoffs, that's not their main their go to. He probably plays like fifteen minutes, like fifteen minutes a game. He still is the starter. Mm-hmm. I do think you know I just uh, even if he only plays fifteen minutes, is like starting when you know the starting lineup it like changes changes how you start the game. It has trickle down effects. So I just do think it's interesting. Yeah, I personally think in that situation, I think Wiggins would just become like. You know, this is like a super sub, especially with uh, you know, people talk about him being one of their their premier defenders now. It would be very interesting to see him playing that Andre Godala role, Wiggins. That's like part of his selling point, apparently, that he's like a lockdown defender. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably that's part of why he became an All Star starter. I don't know. Oh God! But he definitely would have been an All Star, which he shouldn't have been anyway. I have a theory about that, and I'll, I'll get into that in a minute, but. My theory, my part of my theory, and it and it may it's gonna it's gonna sound so far, it's gonna sound so far left, but just just bear with me here for a minute. So you know how we have Kyrie Irving and the whole vaccine dilemma. Mm-hmm. I think part of the reason why the NBA like I feel I feel like part of the reason why Andrew Wiggins was a starter was because of the fact that. He didn't want to get vaccinated, and he got vaccinated. <laughs> you think they rewarded him for, for uh, coming? <laughs> yes, as, as some as some would call it, succumbing to the to the government pressures. <laughs> yes, yes, I think that was I think that was a major part of it because ain't no way, ain't no way in hell he was a starter. Like we talked about, oh, our starter. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> no, 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 not, not in the starting lineup. No, yeah, he was he was deserving to be in the starting lineup. I'm talking about being an all-star starter. Nah, apparently what actually happened was that like the K-pop K-pop people voted Andrew Wiggins in, apparently. Like 
I don't know. I don't know the whole. I don't know the whole thing. I don't follow like K-pop Twitter or whatever. But like, somehow Angie Wiggins became their guy for All Star Weekend, and like you know, it's kind of very cult like with the K-pop stuff. So like, if if one of their these stars tell you tell people to vote, they're gonna do it. Like uh, Justin, I forget Justin Bieber got somebody in the All Star game before because he said to vote for whoever, and I can't remember who it was, but he said vote. So like all his fans were voting, and this person like. Became an all star starter. That's different. Lowry. That would make sense because Justin Bieber is Canadian, <laughs> but I don't that's remember. Di- that's different. But either Rose way, that's fascinating. And okay, so and then I guess kind of going off of this whole thing of what the Warriors would look like, the Hornets. Would still be they would be where they were before they got Lamelo, unless yeah. unless they took Tyrese Halliburton, which now at which he still he wouldn't he wouldn't have yeah. changed the culture, but they would have hope. Right, I personally think they still went with Wiseman because they do they have they currently have they will forever have a problem at center, and with no Lamelo Wiseman just makes too much sense. A good point, but I think, like you said, they will suck, and not because Wiseman isn't wouldn't have been like able to help the team win. Mm-hmm. I think because he still would have gotten hurt. Just right. based on the way things played out, he probably he, he probably got hurt. He probably would still still been hurt. But that gets interesting because if they do suck, they get a top five pick mm-hmm. in this year's draft that passed. And I don't think they get number one. Rozier was still there. Right. They still got Gordon Hayward. They still got uh Miles Bridges. They Miles have, like, Bridges, he's a bucket and a, and a good rapper, by the way. Yes, <laughs> one of the few, one of the few rare do it all guys. Mm-hmm. But, now, um, right? So you're yeah. saying, so yeah. so so, then are you thinking that they could have possibly gotten their hands on, say maybe a Mobley and maybe teamed up a Mobley with a Wiseman? Yeah, then they would have ended up in the three to five range. That would have been and tough. That would have been tough. I think they would have got either a Mobley or a Suggs. I don't think they would have took Barnes. Or Josh Giddy would be interesting. Okay, that would be fine. Now, see, now that would make that would that would make the team better. Cause yeah. I, I but I don't feel like again, like Josh Giddy is not a change, a culture changer. The the reason why LaMelo Ball was so effective, and, he, and the, the reason why I think he really impacted the the Hornets is the fact that. With him and with his ability to make others better and his yeah. ability to create and have highlights and all that kind of stuff, it just changes the culture. Now you're right, 100%. Like, they would have been some shit last year. Yeah. They'd have been some shit this year. Whether yep. they, no matter what rookie they got, maybe Ooh. if they got Mobley, they would have been tough. Because Mobley yep. definitely elevated the Cavs. Yo, Mobley's going to be tough. But, but like, you know, just two centers. Although James Wiseman, um, his defense hasn't necessarily translated. So it'd be, it would be interesting. Mm-hmm. But, like, in that situation, I personally think they should take, like, Josh Giddy personally, just because mm-hmm. – just knowing what I know now. Now, of course, they probably would end up taking subs, no reality, if that was the case. Probably. Just, you know, fresh off the Gonzaga uh, – the Gonzaga victory. Yeah. <laughs> They, they didn't win the cha- they didn't win the championship, but they they won. But either, 
great. Yeah, they got they cooked got, by Baylor. They got cooked by Baylor, but the shot that he hit before they took that L was amazing. Right. Yeah. It's nonetheless he was still in the, he was still on the national stage. Like he he definitely shot the brightest in that game. They lost. But he shot the brightest. Um. So I think they probably ended up going with him. But I just would you know they they'd still be a, they would still be. I'd say they're mediocre now, but they're fun. They are mm-hmm. mediocre. Yeah. Like, don't know. Oh, I like the Hornets a lot. They're mediocre. They'd have been some shit had they not had Lamella. Yeah. They'd it makes things fun. But it would be interesting with the young talent that they'd be uh, collecting. Now, and I, I'll pose a question to you going off of that, right? Because I think that they are mediocre. I think that they're a team that, like, they made the plan last year from being absolutely nothing. And then the East got significantly stronger, I guess you could say, within the the, the uh, span of a year. And now it's at a point where they're about to be in the playing again. Do you what What do you think it would take for them to elevate into that next that 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 at least that five to six range? Because I think that top four range is going to be an absolute dogfight for the next five years. It's on current current Hornets. Yes. Okay. So what if time is paused? Right. So current Hornets, they need uh, they need a center for okay. one. They need an effective center. They try okay. to get Shrez, and he doesn't play anymore. Um, <laughs> Mason Plumlee's a great placeholder, but they need a center. They need like a like Miles Turner is like the perfect like possibly yeah. available guy I can think of. But that's not all they need. They need a center. They need a, they need a culture that, like, buys into defense. They need to play defense. Frank Vogel, question mark? What, what did you say? Frank Vogel, question mark? Cut it out. Frank Vogel, <laughs> Frank Vogel should be an assistant for the next five years minimum for the bullshit he just pulled out with the Lakers this year. Frank Vogel? <sighs> he, hasn't been good, he has not been good since – since his Pacer days, that's right Hibber, that's right Hibber, David West, and then uh, Paul George and the boys, and my guy Lance Stevenson. He did a great job there. Don't get me wrong, but he did. And then, and then he went to he went to the Lakers and won a championship with a team that wasn't going to lose no matter what coach they had. He he had right. to make one adjustment per series, and that was about it. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. He got the chip. He got the chip. But I just don't think. I think he was the worst coach in every series he was in. Let's go back to that. You had Terry Stotts in the first round. Terry Stotts is better than him. Way better than him. Ah, that's debatable. Bro, do you see what they were giving <laughs> Terry Stotts? He had to start friggin' Mo Harkless. He made Mo Harkless and Alfred Minu a starting front court for a, for a conference finals team. That's goaded. <laughs> well, Jackson probably can't do that. Ooh. <laughs> Jackson probably couldn't do that with those two. Two, you give him, you give, you give him, you give him somebody to run that triangle. He could. You give him, <laughs> you give him, you give him a, you give him a, a, a premier scorer that can run Wait. that triangle. He can. I'm not gonna say Peak Vogel is worse than Peak Stotts as a coach. Exactly. Yeah. At that point in time, I'm taking Terry Stotts easy. Okay, Mike D'Antoni definitely was probably a better coach. Definitely better. Mike Malone, definitely better. His, I'll say this, but I will say this, though. Mike D'Antoni 
is a was a better coach, but his style was less conducive to victory. Hmm. Like championship victory. I get your. I I just can't. I don't agree with that for a simple fact that I know for a fact if Chris Paul did not get hurt in twenty eighteen, he was going to be a championship coach. That twenty eighteen Cavs team was not it. I know that, but you gotta, but you gotta say, but but what you're just gonna summarily dismiss the Warriors, the fact that they had to get through them. They were going to up three two. With Chris Paul, if Chris Paul get hurt, they're gonna win. You don't know that. I do know that. The only reason why they lost is because they couldn't hit a friggin' three point shot. That's such an anomaly. That's not. You run that. You run that game back a hundred times. That doesn't happen. Again. They they were they were going to win the chip. They just the basketball gods just didn't want hard to get a ring. They That's sold. All it was. They, they sold. They did sell. They sold in a in a completely improbable fashion. But that had nothing to do with Mike Antoni. The, the offense was perfect. They, the motherfuckers didn't put in a shot. That's fair. That's fair. That's that's a fair that's a fair point. And then uh, Mike Malone is a better coach. I, I can't even I can't even sit here in front. And Eric Spolster is a far better coach. So he so was he was out, he was I won't say he was out coached because he won each series, but yeah, he, he wasn't was, out coached. Uh, I mean, he he. I guess his like his chess pieces were just stronger. Like yeah, literally, he, yeah. He just he just had a uh, he had tanks versus some um, not so tanky teams like the that Rockets team. Was uh that was like the that was, know, the, that, was the, the West, that was that was Westbrook and Harden. Yeah, that was Westbrook and Harden. They were starting PJ at the five, right? And Rocco and whoever else was there. I don't, Eric Gordon. Yo, yeah, that team was goofy. Like that, that team was trash. If you do that, you have no chance of beating. <laughs> don't, I don't care how soft Anthony Davis is. If you don't start a center, he's going to fry you. And he was starting that power forward, right? And they were just eating them alive with Dwight. Like Dwight is very limited at this stage. Hell yeah! But if you put if you put a six five dude on him, he's gonna go crazy. Yeah, bro. <laughs> like, that's a given. Yeah. So, and that Blazers, the Blazers team, they've never been good enough to win a championship at any point. Yo, the, yo, they was um, really ga- yo, they was really gassing the yo. People been gassing the, 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 the Trailblazers for years though. Right, people like I remember. I, I remember that year. Uh, Charles was riding the hype train. He was Charles, riding the oh, Charles Barkley, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charles Barkley was riding. The, he's riding the hype train that year, and they lost right. easily. Right. Easily, they got picked apart, and then the Nuggets just weren't ready yet. Right. <laughs> well, this was definitely an offshoot from your original question. <laughs> yeah. Well, for, for, but um, <laughs> to get back to it, they need a center and they need a defensive coach. The Hornets need a center, like a good center. Right. Any good team that wins a championship needs a good center. The Warriors, when they were winning chips, they had a good center in Bogut. They need to go big, not center. You don't need a good center to win a championship. Yeah, you're right. You need a good big. You need a good you big. A you're big right. To win a championship. Yeah, that is more. That is a good front court. A good front court player because yes. there are some teams who have had absolute garbage centers. Like yes, but they've had good front court players. Right. They don't have good front court players at all. Their yeah. whole team is perimeter oriented. 
Right. I mean, guess you count Miles Bridges as like a three. As a Miles Bridges is a forward, but he's a he three. Not like he's a, he's, a, he's not a big. He's a atypical three. He's a three. He's a typical three man. Like, yeah, um, they need, a, they need a, a big who can really pull it down. I don't think Miles Turner. Miles Turner's not enough, but like he'd help them make that next step. But they need they need a defensive culture in general. To be, to be five, to be to be top six. Well, see, that's a great point. But at this point, I'm be honest. It's crazy because like you could really go, you could really go down the line, and for the next three years, I would say the top five or six is locked up. Yeah, given a few anomalies, like I can say. I can sit here confidently say Miami. Yep. Milwaukee. Yep. Philly. Yep. And Boston. Yep. Are always, they're going to be a problem for the next, like you said, if we're looking three years down the line, those things will be a problem. And Brooklyn. I also think, I also, I would, I would, I would throw, I would definitely throw Brooklyn in there as a lock only yes. because of the fact that Kevin Durant, when Kevin Durant got hurt, they were the number one seed. And yeah, they were they were they were in they were rolling, uh, right? Yeah, They're, so they are the anomaly of the five this year. Like, there's mm-hmm. probably gonna be one team every year that just for some reason some bullshit happens because that's that's just life. Mm-hmm. But this year it was the Nets because they're just question mark supreme, right? All year you just don't know what the fuck going on, right? But yeah, after that you just you just get one lucky team. Like this year, I guess lucky teams who like. Well, you get two lucky teams this year, Toronto and Chicago at this point. Cleveland's in the play-in, probably. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, after that, you just get one team who's lucky and everyone else is in the play-in. But Cleveland, Cleveland, I feel like, could be one of those teams in a couple of years, though. Because yeah. if Jared Allen, if they keep Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and Darius Garland together, Evan Mobley – could be special, like very special. And that front court could really be a serious impediment to a lot of teams, especially a Milwaukee or a Philly, because they would be, you know, having having those two as a wall mm-hmm. could be the perfect answer to a team led by a big man. Once Evan Mobley gets hockey, oh, God. Right. <laughs> once he gets hockey, Giannis and Embiid and all them boys are they not running through him. Trouble. They're, they're not running through him. He might be the stopper. Him, 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 and him and Jared Allen. I'm telling you, the, the two of them together with Darius, because Darius Garland really scores effortlessly. I feel like, mm-hmm. and I think he'll he'll just need to continue to grow as a playmaker, which he's already really good at too. And I also think that he'll just have to like get better as a defender. But overall, they really got they got it. You know, they just need they just need they need ideally to be like be a championship team. They need to they need upgrades on the wings, like two upgrades on the wings. Okoro oh, yeah. can get better, of course, but they need a real wing. And I guess maybe another like a solid bench. I guess Levert could be that guy. Maybe. I mean, they, they would have had Rubio. But now they got Rondo. Yeah. I mean, Rondo is not – he's he's a downgrade at this point. But yeah. he's not, like, a far downgrade. Yeah. 
Right. Cleveland's a team to watch. Now, you know, it's all about Braun might go back. <laughs> For all we know, Ooh. the way the Lakers acting, I, if I was Braun, I'd skedaddle too. Yeah, I'll be like, I'm going I'm, I'm to finish where I start. I'll send out a letter now. I'm finished. I'm going to finish where I started. That is not what I signed up for. Yeah, I mean, but the sad part is LeBron is locked in for another year anyway. Right. Lord. Um, yeah, I think I think that's all the, the Hornets need, though. Defense. Defense in the center. And now I'll say this. I do think that if Wiseman got drafted by the by the Hornets, things would be different in a sense that their culture might have been a little different. Like Wiseman might have been that anchored defensively. Cause I mean, he was known more so as a pure big and like mm-hmm. they have such a, a small up and down kind of team right now. They might've been trying to do the same thing that the Cavaliers are doing right now. Like yeah. having, having Terry Rozier probably run the one and bridges run, you know, have the same guys, but they probably would, go bigger as opposed to smaller and they probably would have been trying to wall up and try to stop people that way and then play through the post with an in and out half court kind of game so they would have they would have had a completely different culture in that way so Mm -hmm. because like the hornets whole thing revolves around the fast break yeah because of their their entire identity yeah, it would be they would be a much different team without Lamella, and it's yeah. interesting to think about, like you said, the culture would be different. Because like Gordon Hayward's been passable, been a passable defender historically. Yep. Rozier Rozier has been average to good. Miles Bridges can be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like three players who can play defense. I just and if Wiseman ever panned out on the defensive end. You know, and then they just get another another guy. It be it could be a point guard or a two guard or whatever. Because right. the the great thing with a lot of those like Rozier, Bridges, and Hayward are flexible players. Like they can kind of absolutely, uh, you know, vacillate between different positions. So it'd be interesting who that fifth guy would be. Right. That's in, that's interesting. So the Warriors ultimately probably would have just been a faster team than they already yeah. are. Yeah, I think they'd be better than they are now. Oh, absolutely. They would be better. I mean, they'd, at they'd this be, point. Yeah. I was going to say, they'd be better than they are now. I mean, of course, Jordan Poole would not have happened. They still they would still have Kaminga, interestingly enough, just because the trade with Wiggins got them Kaminga. But they'd have no Moody. But I do think they probably would end up drafting another, another young big to mold. Speaking of Jonathan Kaminga, when he really figures out what he is as a basketball player, he's going to be crazy. His athleticism is off the charts. Right. And when he gets on the floor, he just he just plays 100 miles per hour, and he's jumping around, and he's just doing stuff. Like, if – like, if if he, like, learned from, I guess, Dre maybe, mm-hmm. like, if he let Dre really teach him the game and really tell – like, really show him what he's doing, he could be one of the greatest defenders in the league for a long time with his athleticism. Yeah. Yeah, Kaminga has a high ceiling. I'm very interested to see how he play, how he pans out. Uh-huh. He's kind of stuck to the bench right now. Like you said, Draymond, Draymond and Wiggins there. He's not going to start. 
consistently anytime soon. No. But I just be I would like to see how he how he would do on a team where he gets 30 minutes a game. I think he I think he'd put up some serious numbers as a you no know, at least as a rookie he would have put up some serious numbers. He he all he all energy though. Yeah, energy gets you a long way sometimes. That's a <laughs> like, good point. A, a player like a with a guy of his build and athleticism, energy can get you a long way. Fair. But yeah, he he I think if they allow if if Draymond really coaches him up, because it's like coming out of college, he just was just like an athlete for real, for real. Like who could just do who could just who naturally can do stuff on the basketball court just because of his size and ability. And I mean he has some basketball ability and and stuff like that, but we'll we'll see. All right. Uh, one last wrinkle I wanted to bring up with the potential of Lamelo against the Warriors. Yeah, the Grizzlies might not have made the playoffs. I think Lamelo's on the Warriors. I don't know if they're not in the play-in, but I think they're definitely better than the Grizzlies. So I think, I think I just think the Grizzlies would have been bumped down from that eight seed just naturally based off that. And then that would have been interesting because where would the Grizzlies be without that playoff run? Yeah, that that playoff run helped them tremendously. I think that they they needed they kind of needed that. Uh, I feel like last year and 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 not just getting in, but winning a game against the number one seed, like beating Utah right away. You know, it kind of affirmed like, okay, we're here. Mm-hmm. We see like it's like, and this might be a bad comparison, but I'll say it anyway. It's like a kid from the hood who has never really seen anything going on a field trip. Don't cry it. He gets to, see, you know, the, the kid, the child gets to see a bigger world, and it's like, whoa, right. is this going on? This, this is this, this is what's up. We can do this, but I'm gonna be back. I'm gonna spend the block, and I'm gonna fight harder. Be, I'm gonna fight harder for it because I want to get. I want to get that. I want to get there. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, now it's like, okay, I belong here. Yeah. And that, that, you know, that, that, that confidence really, yeah, you can, you can see that confidence really brewing now. Like last time I checked, they were like 20, they were like 20 and 20 two. And two. Yeah, without job, which is, insanity the thing without your best player you are you only have two losses versus 20 wins that's crazy who knows where they'd be without that playoff run they might not uh it might be in the same spot they was at last year like you said that hunger or maybe maybe they just they maybe they might have been hungry anyway but yeah it's just interesting and now they have a now they have a different level of confidence and a different level of understanding and feel for big time moments and they and it, and it, and, it, and, I, and I feel like that brought them together and it brought them you know brought them closer. So mm-hmm. I think I think that's good. Yeah, any final thoughts for this one or the wrap of our first what if? Even though we talked about some current stuff too, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I wish the Sixers took Jason Taylor. That's my last thought. 
Wish the Sixers what? Took Jason Tatum. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. If yeah, uh, was that was that was probably Danny, one of Danny Ainge's best finesses. He yeah. finessed the shit out of Sixers. He was he said he said he's probably gonna take Tatum anyway. <laughs> that's the funny part about it. Oh God. Sixers. Sixers wet the big crazy on that one. Uh, after that one, Danny, no, no one made any trades. Danny Age, and he had to just because he, he was he, he was he got blackballed because <laughs> he was robbing everybody blind. Like he was, he was literally, he was literally looking at you and saying, "All right, I'm gonna get the better end of the deal, and that's gonna be that." All right, he was selling water to a fish. <laughs> <laughs> he was selling igloos in the summer. Like, right. <laughs> like it was really dis- he was wow. like that next trade he destroyed like I've never seen someone be more like punished, dominated, obliterated in a trade ever. They made it they made a whole rule called the Billy King rule after that. They got fleeced so bad. And and the crazy part about it all is that he pretty much undid all of that with mismanagement of players. Yeah, yeah, player mismanagement, the 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 overtrading and yeah, like you said, the overtrading and player misman player mismanagement is what undid that because they definitely were supposed to get a ring. Because they were trying, they was trying, they was trying so hard to get a point guard when they had the point guard. They just needed to let them get healthy. Yeah, like you said, so an igloo in the summer. That was Isaiah Thomas. Boy yes. was not ready. That boy was an MVP candidate, and then they just said, "Ah, uh, uh, I like Kyrie actually." Yeah, that's a fun what if that I always like to think about. Which we probably won't do a whole episode on it, but you know, if they kept Isaiah Thomas, just let the young the young ones grow. Oh man, rated Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas and a pick, I think, right? To get Kyrie, I don't know. I don't remember if they traded a pick. It might be like I know they traded a couple second rounders. I don't know about oh, any first round picks. Yeah, it was a, it was an interesting. It was a very interesting trade. I actually remember. I still remember where I was at when I saw that trade. Yeah, he was having a barbecue. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was in. I was in Florida. I was. Uh, I was in a hotel when I saw that. I was like, wow, that was that was dope. But um. Yeah, uh, I, I I guess that's my that's my last thought. I just wish the Sixers weren't so stupid in the draft at that time. And I mean, we've made amends with guys like Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Thibault, I'd say. But that that to me, that's what it takes me to. So yeah, I don't have any other thoughts. Do you? No, nah, why don't you get us out of here, bro? Absolutely. That's it for today. It's one another wonderful episode. This is Jamir, co-hosted by Zach. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at GameTime underscore podcast, Twitter at GameTime underscore ZNJ, and Facebook with GameTime with ZNJ. To stay up to date with us, you know, we always got stuff going on. We always got stuff popping. Episodes are going to get out as soon as we can, you know, both grad school students so stuff is it's pretty busy it's pretty pretty uh busy lifestyle for two 
young, hardworking black men in grad school with jobs. So uh, just stay tuned. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify. You can listen to us on you, uh, not YouTube, not yet anyway. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. So please tune in. We can't wait to talk more basketball on game time.